0: going to start. Uh, this is the longest I'm going to talk the entire night, if I do my job correctly. Uh, so I'm just going to, st- I'm the moderator. My name is Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, I'm going to start just briefly by talking about why we're here, who's here. Then we're going to get into it. I'm going to shut up and we're going to listen to the people we actually care about. Uh, so extremely quickly, uh, we have Chris Pacia, who is the, what's your official title at Open Bazaar, Chris? Back-end developer, lead backend developer. So Chris is the lead backend developer at Bizarre, and You're also a, a Bitcoin Cash contributor? Somewhat, yeah. So, and, and Tone is a, has, a, has a, a background in the financial industry. He's been a trader and a fin- financial advisor. Is that, is that the fair term for your work? More like a financial analyst, risk analyst, trader. Great. So uh, Chris Pacey is gonna be representing Bitcoin Cash. Tone is gonna to be representing uh, Bitcoin Core. Um, my background is I've been an entrepreneur involved in the cryptocurrency space for a significant amount of time. I have a, a technical background. Hopefully that won't be relevant here. My goal is really to get these guys on track, uh, try to keep them consistent, uh, and try to keep them being accurate, right? Our goal, our goal here is, is to seek truth. One of the things that I want to focus on in this debate in terms of understanding is, is this a disagreement on reality, is this a disagreement on the properties of Bitcoin Cash versus Bitcoin Core? Or is this a disagreement on what we want out of cryptocurrency in the first place? Right? So are we disagreeing on the properties of these relative coins? Are we disagreeing about what we're actually looking for? Uh, that's definitely something that I'm looking to make sure that we understand. Um, so at, at the beginning of this, I'm going to start by actually, I'm going to ask a question of everyone here. I'm going to ask you to raise your left hand or your right hand, depending on, on what, uh, what side of the proposition that you take. We're going to tally it up and then we'll compare, we're, we'll compare the results at the end. Now, the question that I'm going to ask you is, is a little bit unfair. And if you're a rigorous thinker, you might say, well, what do you even mean by that question in the first place? I'm going to ask you to answer it anyway. And we'll get into what the question actually means. So the question is, what, which cryptocurrency is better Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Core. Now, we're going to have a conversation about what better actually means. But we're going to start by just polling the audience on, on who believes which. So I'm going to ask everyone to, if you believe that Bitcoin Core is the better cryptocurrency, please raise your left hand. And if you believe in Bitcoin Cash, please raise your right hand. And please keep these up until I, I tell you to put them down. Uh, so I have some people in the, in the back uh, tallying the counts And once they all acknowledge that they're done, uh, we will move on with the debate. So left hand Bitcoin core, right hand Bitcoin cash. And if you're looking around trying to decide what hand to raise, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do it again after the presentation. By the way, I don't even know what hand I would raise. I genuinely do not have a strong position in this debate, so I'm, I'm very interested. I'm the problem. Oh, I'm the problem. I, but I knew before I came here. I didn't have to have someone tell me that I was the problem. So, uh, uh, okay. I promise this is it. We're gonna, they're gonna talk after this. So, all right. If the, my counters could indicate when they're—I think they're still all counting. So please keep your hands up. I know it's tiring. I know it's tiring. Please, though, support your coin. Your your vote your vote matters your vote matters. <laughs> are you done? Are, are you, Steve? Are you done? Okay, okay, yeah. And are, are you done, Brandon? You're still counting. Okay, okay. All right, we're gonna move forward. Okay, so. uh, well, what i want, we're going to i'm going to try to give equal time to each of these people but before i get into them taking the positions about why they support bitcoin or why they support bitcoin core i i know this is unexciting but i'm hoping i'm really hoping that we're going to start this debate with agreement okay why do we care what makes a cryptocurrency good okay and i'll start with i'll start with chris here sure.
1: um I can tell you, like, the reason I got into Bitcoin overall, right, I come at it from very much from, like, a libertarian perspective, anarchist. Um, you know, we spent, as libertarians, years, decades, centuries, maybe, advocating for the gold standard, right? And, I mean, it it frankly, if, if anyone's familiar with the history of the gold standard, particularly in the United States, it it just, it was a mess. It was just riddled with crony capitalism, regulatory capture, the state just you know partnered with the banks to undermine the monetary system to the point where we don't we don't even have a gold standard today right they just they just removed the link between gold and paper and that was that and so along comes bitcoin and my first reaction was like you know why like why not you know what's what's so great about this compared to just gold and then you know it was like the thing that clicked is you know with bitcoin we don't have to go through those like centralized regulated Financial institutions that we did with the gold standard where we need to trade and transact with each other bitcoin is a peer-to-peer protocol It allows us to transact directly with each other and it removes the that choke point that the government used to undermine the gold standard Right, it allows us to trade directly peer-to-peer with each other. And to me, this is like the big Innovation behind Bitcoin like I hear some people on tone side of the debate say well now the big innovation behind Bitcoin was just uh limited supply, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, we've had gold and silver for quite a while. Um, to me, the innovation was the ability to kind of route around those third-party institutions that undermine the system. And uh, that that's like the one thing that's special about cryptocurrency to me. If it wasn't for that, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have much to be interested in. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about the debate here, we want to have this, we want to debate like, how is this, the, the, how, how did the systems work in practice that result from these two different visions? And, you know, I want something that's outside of state control. I want a money that's outside of state control. I don't want to default back to a two-layer system where, like, you know, the, the second layer is under state control and it's only, like, you know the regulated financial institutions that stick with layer one so that's kind of like what i see is the the main benefit is that you have this property of censorship resistance it's outside of the state control
2: Tom? all right well th- that answer went a little bit beyond what is money uh the simple answer to what is money is confidence uh the more confidence you have uh in your store of value or medium of exchange and preferably both the more useful it actually is as money. Uh, right now, globally, the U.S. dollar has the most confidence in it for two reasons. One, our rule of law is pretty much the best in the first world in general, uh, According, uh, compared to other uh, countries in the first world, yeah. And, uh, uh, yes. And uh, that's why the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency, because it is the most trusted. Um, the moment uh, the biggest... Competitors, probably China, and they're pretty far behind. Uh, Like if the US, if the global government loses confidence in the government of the US, in uh, maintaining the printing of money, uh, people think that US dollars are being printed into infinity, but compared to other fiats, it's being printed very little uh, compared to other currencies. So that's what makes the US dollar the world reserve currency. Now, I do agree that um, I don't really, um, like the fact that Bitcoin is finite at 21 million Bitcoin is not the most important property to me, uh, even though it helps a little, but I don't think that's the most important. The most important thing that you have uh, for the first time in human history, we have uh, something of value that is just unconfiscatable. We've never had that before. Uh, Your property, anything you've owned, Uh, people themselves, like everything has always been confiscatable. Uh, Even gold, uh, while you could have thought of gold as unconfiscatable long ago because you can hide it, you can bury it in the ground, don't tell anyone, but the technology like metal detectors has uh, no longer made gold unconfiscatable. Uh, It's just Bitcoin. And the two properties that I care about is the fact that it's unconfiscatable and it's censorship-resistant value transfer. And not everyone's going to have what they want. Um, Like just because it's not good for micropayments any given second of any given day, that's a problem for one person and probably they've started their business. You know, it's not ready for that yet. Uh, The technology is too important and it needs to slowly ease into it. Uh, But you can always make that transaction. And yes, sometimes it will cost you a little more because based on a capitalist system, nothing is free. I mean, I walk around Porkfest, nothing is free. Everything will cost you money. Uh, Nothing is free, and neither are Bitcoin transactions. And when the mempool gets gets heavy, uh, you'll have to pay a little more to get that unconfiscatable transaction in.
0: So... Tone's answer gave a couple of additional reasons, but I didn't, did you see anything there that you would really disagree with in terms of why we care? You know, you both said we care that it's censorship resistant, that it can't be, you know, co- that it can't be confiscated is, is is the same thing, I think. So, you know, Tone, Tone did talk a little bit more about the trust or faith in the currency as being especially important, but like, those answers seem similar to me, and I was hoping that they would be, <laughs> uh, but, but did any of you see a part where you disagreed at this point about why do we, what do we want out of a currency? We'll get to plenty of disagreements uh, later, so I'm, I'm hoping I, I we will, agree here.
2: I, I will loop back around to why uh, confidence is so important when we talk about you know, the developers involved in uh, uh, Bcash versus Bitcoin, and uh, so the confidence thing, I'll, I'll loop
0: around to that. That's why I focused on that in the beginning. Do you have anything you want to add before we get into? One? Okay, okay. So I'm going to start. I have specific questions and topics, but what I wanted to start. Uh, so if we're, it seems like we're, we're we're generally agreed. We care about cryptocurrency because it is the chance to have money that is outside of control of the state, um, and that and that part of that succeeding does mean we want to trust that it works. Okay, so it seems like we're agreed generally. Not saying 100, percent but generally. So I'm going to start with if you guys want to each. Um, I'll. I'll time it and say let's try to keep it under like two to three minutes. Uh, intro statements as to why uh, why Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Core has these properties that we're, we're kind of agreed on. Which you know, why is one better than the other? And we'll get into specific follow up questions afterwards. Oh, actually, I meant to um, share this. I if you want to submit questions, there is a URL that you can submit questions to Uh, if you go to twitter.com slash jeremy kaufman and the link is in the top tweet and you can submit a question you can also click thumbs up on other people's questions so i will look at the most requested questions and i'll try to incorporate them so twitter.com slash jeremy kaufman which is my name i'm not on there uh, but it's the first link posted uh, you can ask questions Um, so sorry uh, we'll do now do the sort of introductory statements and we'll start with tone first this time
2: sure so I, I, I don't know what Bitcoin Core is. There's just Bitcoin. Uh, the reason why people like myself uh, called, uh, refer to alternative uh, fork, Bcash, is to avoid total confusion uh, for people entering the system. Um, the, the, there's Bitcoin, and then there's forks of Bitcoin, whether it's Litecoin, Dash, Monero, or Bcash. And I don't want people to be confused uh, so that's why I call it that. Now, looping uh, back around to confidence, uh, the core developers uh, of Bitcoin is what gives Bitcoin confidence. Uh, weaker core developers have been pretty much removed, and they were not very useful there to begin with. Uh, and the competency of the core developers continues to increase. Uh, the smartest people continue to be on Bitcoin most of the old coins that have been created uh, from Ethereum to Zcash is basically someone showing up, uh, uh, you know, trying to contribute to Bitcoin with a crazy idea. A bunch of very smart people explain why that idea is terrible. And their answer is, I will prove you wrong. I will start my own coin. Uh, That's how all of this starts. And this is how uh, Bcash came into existence. Uh, People like Gavin Andreessen that wanted bigger blocks, People like Jeff Garzik that wanted bigger blocks, uh, they went off on their own, and eventually a fork came out of uh, that I refer to. Uh, most people refer to as Bcash. Uh, there, there is nothing there. As long as they continue to use the competent code of Bitcoin for the time being, it's still functional. But eventually, uh, it'll prove itself technologically, and uh, from a, that, it's inferior, and from an economic perspective. The moment any alternative uh, becomes a better store of value than Bitcoin, blockchains as a store of value die because uh, Bitcoin still has by far the most amount of money saved in it. And if blockchains are so easy to overtake for the store of value property, why on earth would anyone use a blockchain for a store of value? It'll become a hot potato uh, currency to use and immediately convert to the remaining stores of value, like US dollars and gold, or my favorite, the S&P 500 stock market, because it uh, you know, adjusts for inflation, much better than any other store of value. Like, if, if Bitcoin loses that property, why would anyone trust any blockchain? Just use Dash, use Bcash, use Monero, do that transaction, and immediately convert it to something that won't go to zero, And that's what will happen if any challenger actually manages to overtake Bitcoin. Chris?
1: So, I mean, just from a technical point, there is a difference between Bitcoin Cash and Monero and Litecoin, right? Those are forks with their own Genesis block, Bitcoin Cash split off from the Bitcoin chain. Now, you know, you could argue that Bitcoin Cash doesn't have the exact same consensus rules as Bitcoin, so it can never be Bitcoin. I don't know, if you want to argue that, I guess you can say so. But it's entirely plausible that at some point Bitcoin Cash could become the the most worked chain. Uh, You know, even though it has slightly different rules than the other chain. And if that ever happened, I'm pretty sure people would just refer to it as Bitcoin. Um, You know, I don't mind calling it Bitcoin Cash today, but I wouldn't put it in the same perspective as Monero or Litecoin. Because if Monero or Litecoin, you know, took over... Bitcoin in terms of market cap. Let's say we wouldn't call them Bitcoin. We'd still call them Monero and Litecoin. Um, so that's just one um, point of difference. I, I, I don't know. That's. I, I think that's a pretty bizarre view that Tone has, where like confidence is like perpetually undermined in cryptocurrency. If like one coin ever overtakes Bitcoin, I, that just seems like incredibly unlikely to me. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I. I mean, we can maybe talk about that more, but. I'll just say, I mean, so we started off, and, and I'm, I guess this is like my intro here, um, we started off t- kind of agreeing on like censorship resistance is a good property. What we see from this like two-layer vision of Bitcoin is like, well, we're going to have censorship resistance for the, uh, you know, transactions that can afford the really large fees. Now, fees today, in, even today in Bitcoin, I mean, I just looked at the fees before we sat down, they're like three thirty for first block confirmation, I'm paying... $1.50 for pizza out there. Well, wait,
2: um, I, I just sent the transaction
0: for one Satoshi per byte, uh, like an hour ago. Okay. Well, well, let's not, let's not, let's not, uh, well, I mean, we, we, can, we can change our premise here, but I didn't hear either of you say in your introductory statements that what matters is cheap transaction fees.
1: No, no, but I, I, yeah, I'll explain why that matters. Is because it's, you know, if you develop this system, we saw in December what happens when the blockchain, Bitcoin blockchain, comes under even a minimal load, right? Average fees went up to 100 bucks, median fee was 30 bucks, right? That's in that future world, and that's what, you know, that was a minimal load. If we have mainstream adoption, that's, that's like just the start of it. So we're looking at a potential future where it becomes the only people using the blockchain to transact are those who can afford the $100 fees, right? So we're looking at this system in which it's probably going to be like regulated financial institutions who are the ones getting the censorship-resistant payments. So we're talking about we value censorship resistance as a property, and yet it's like censorship resistance for the big financial institutions, and then for everyone else... It's, it's you just have to go through these regulated, you know, centralized, corruptible institutions that we saw in the past. So, um, you know, yeah. So anyway, you can go ahead. But I want to disagree with that. I want to disagree with a couple okay,
0: of things. Well, I, I, I wanted to um, kind of clarify. It seems like perhaps we're expanding why we why we care about cryptocurrency a little bit, which I think is fine, and maybe you don't agree with this property, but it sounds like Chris is saying, well, actually, I don't just care about censorship resistance. I care about the usability of it, the affordability of it, that it's not just about it being censorship resistant, that I also desire the, you know, to be able to use it in such a way that I, I don't, it doesn't cost a significant sum to...
1: Yeah, so we, there's this line that's kind of a little snarky where it's like well you don't need censorship resistance for your coffee purchase i don't know personally if i make any transactions that myself personally need censorship resistance i'm not really about like worried about the government censoring my purchases at whole foods or this sort of stuff it's the idea we want an uncensorable monetary system as a whole and you know that's you're not going to get that if you have a system where it's like we say, well, you know, coffee purchases don't need censorship resistance. Well, you know, you're, you're already crowding out nearly every single transaction with the exception of just, you know, those made by large do, institutions. Do, do
0: you, well, I just want to do a quick premise check. Do you consider affordability to be part of what makes a cryptocurrency better? Or you say, I, I care about censorship resistance, affordability be damned, that's all I care about.
2: Um, so I do believe that every payment deserves to be censorship-resistant, including your coffee payment. Uh, I, I agree with that, right? I, I agree that you should be able to make that you know, $2 cup of coffee, and it should be completely censorship-resistant and private. Uh, however, uh, you have to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is this is the future, not the current situation. In the current situation, we have such a problem with payments in general that, uh, and look, building out a proper scaling and uh, the Bitcoin backbone that will scale so that that coffee purchase will be censorship resistant and private. But in the future, uh, I'm not saying that the coffee payment itself should not not have the same properties as a donation to WikiLeaks. Uh, What people need to do is they need to let the smart people that are trying to make that happen, happen. And at the moment, um, you uh, forcing the unnecessary need for that payment to happen right now to be exactly what you want um, is, can cause potential of ruining this entire uh, you know, plan for that to be in the future. So my view has always been, you know, unless... You really, really need that purchase to be completely censorship-resistant for that coffee now. Just Can you just wait a little bit? Let the, let the smart people work. Let them build out the right infrastructure. And don't spam the mempool, unless you have to right now. And going back to the incident of December, it was straight-up spam. It really bothers me when people are using... A one or a two month period where Bitcoin became pretty much unusable because of malicious actors like spamming the Bitcoin mempool to then use that as an excuse for their own agenda of creating big blocks and another altcoin that is infinitely more centralized and infinitely less secure than the current structure. Okay, I know everyone wants to eliminate the government tomorrow, but can you imagine what would happen if the government disappeared tomorrow? There would be insanity in the streets. Okay, now you think you think you have you 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 think you have enough guns, but there's always another person with a bigger gun. Okay, Um, like one of the craziest times in American history was when the Second Federal Reserve was just removed. Nobody knew what money was. Every bank was printing their own money, and the
0: Secret Service was created to figure out what's counterfeit and what isn't. So you so, want a gradual transition. So, so I think you know, Tone says you know he cares about cheap transactions too. Bitcoin Core's got the smartest people in the world working on it. They want cheap transactions. The Bitcoin Cash people, they're they're rushing out. They're not willing to wait. They're not letting these smart people figure it out, and they're they're acting crazy. You want to, do you want to react to that?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we, this is maybe leading into a little bit more of the technical side of this. But it was actually, I think it was Sam's brother, Steve, Steve Patterson, who's not here. But um, Steve, Steve made a really good point that this, this view that, like, Tone just expressed, it's like, it's turned Bitcoin into, like, the world's largest ICO, right? Now, what do I mean by that? So, um, you know, it's basically like we're saying Bitcoin as it exists right now doesn't work. But we've got a lot of really smart people working on it. So they're going to try and find out a solution to this problem at some point in the future. So get in now. Get all your money right, in but now. But does it doesn't work for
2: what? doesn't work for what? It, <laughs> doesn't, it, it doesn't always work for you to buy a cheap cup of coffee. But guess what? I, I always got my transactions in when I needed to. Okay.
1: So, I mean, but, it, but you, you guys get the picture. It's like, you know... Okay, so it doesn't work for everyday payments, let's say, um, right now. So, But don't worry about it. We've got all these smart people who are working on it. And at some point when they get their act together and when they figure it out, then it's going to go to the moon. So, you know, get your money in now. That's basically an ICO, right? That's, that's maybe not the technical definition of an ICO, but it's pretty darn close. Now, you know, Bitcoin as itself, yes... It's true that the technology can't handle every last person in the world transacting on the blockchain today. I don't think we have a disagreement about that. But it can handle a lot damn more than one megabyte. And, like, I brought my laptop up here as just, like, a little bit of a prop, you know there used to be this line that was like thrown out i think it was like greg maxwell used to say this like you know if you increase the block size you're going to get to it'll you'll only be able to run a node in a google data center and i'm like you know this doesn't look like a google data center to me i don't know about you guys so we've we've done some there's been an awful lot of research on block size issue over the years i'm pretty darn confident in stating that this this laptop right here can process at least 100 megabyte blocks um you're looking at possibly with optimization, you're looking at possibly gigabyte blocks on this very laptop, right, with optimization. And so you just, like, have to ask yourself, like, how much centralization can really happen if people are, are able to run these nodes at home? And so, and again, I know this is, like, getting a little technical, but, like, um, we are going hit, to hit a bottleneck at some point if growth continues to grow faster than Moore's Law, right? We'll eventually hit a bottleneck. But I think we're at least a decade from any genuine bottlenecks. And I'm pretty confident in stating a decade from now, this scaling issue will be completely solved.
0: So, okay. So this, I, want, I want to drill into this a little bit because, you know, as someone who's observed this, this situation for quite a bit, this has actually been always one of the tricky parts for me personally. You know, bit, Bitcoin Cash's solution to uh, blo- block size constraints is essentially, okay, we're going to multiply by eight. Like that's not, that's not a solution, right that's that, that might be a practical choice to make because there's a lot of demand or or whatever but, but that's that we haven't like oh we, we can go home now it, it scales infinitely because we multiplied by 8 like no so i mean you're not, you're kind of saying that is it, your position that the, that we can we can scale for a very large time blocks can get way way larger and and that's the solution we can keep transactions very cheap just by making blocks larger and
1: larger and larger and and then and that's the solution Up up to a point, yeah. Well, you're going to need... So, first off, you're going to need to optimize. The way you scale anything is you're going to push it to the limits, identify bottlenecks, optimize, and wash, rinse, and repeat. And I'm pretty confident that that strategy will effectively get you unlimited scaling at the end of the day. It's not um, just strictly increasing the block size by itself is not going to do it. There's a whole host of other optimizations that are going to be needed in order to do it. And we've already seen, like, more advanced techniques. We've got you know, Ethereum experimenting with sharding and these other things. We've got ZK Snarks, which, uh, or, or Starks now, that uh, have the potential to, uh, like, radically change blockchain design and scalability. So uh, there are other things out there. Bitcoin is, like, it's, it's basically still 2009 tech, right? If we want this thing to scale, we're going to have to move past 2009 tech. And it's, it's not, we're not going to get to global adoption level with how the blockchain exists today, but we can get there with optimization. Sure. Do, do you have a reaction to this?
0: Um,
2: yeah, a couple of points. So, um, I mean, uh, 100 megabyte blocks. There's, there's two things there, right? So, first of all, the ability of Bcash to hard fork to a bigger block whenever they feel like it just shows you how centralized the entire ecosystem is. They can pretty much put anything and change it. They can change the 21 million uh, coin cap tomorrow if they wanted to. It is completely centralized, and it's miner-dependent. Uh, Bitcoin proved that miners do not control the protocol with the user-activated well, software I,
0: of uh, SegWit. I, I want to I stay on the question of what—so it seems to me, you know, we've kind of both said, hey, it would be nice if—we'd we'd like it if our transactions were censorship-resistant, and they would be cheap. Chris says well, we can we can get both those things by just making blocks larger. Well, uh, Bit- Bitcoin Core kind of says, well, no. Actually, we don't think we can solve this problem just by making blocks okay. larger,
2: right? Well, uh, it's okay. So, so let me back up here. Right, it's not that the uh, the developers uh, that are referred to as Bitcoin Core. It's not that they. Uh, it's not that they said you can't have bigger blocks. It's that they understand that you can't force the entire world to upgrade your node to a bigger block, right? It's not like every core developer was going to wave a magic wand and get every person in the world to update their software, right? How many people or companies you know of still run Windows XP? You can't force people to do anything, okay? Now, they knew this. Um, There was no way... Uh, Bitcoin was going to a bigger block. It's just not possible. The only time you can actually force people to use, to upgrade software is in the case of a bug that can destroy the whole thing. Whenever you have a choice, Bitcoin was going to split. So that option, and they explored the idea of going to a bigger block, and they realized real quick, it's actually impossible. It was going to fork, And it could have been worse. Right now, Bitcoin is still 90% dominant over Bcash. But if the Bitcoin core developers would have suggested a bigger block, it could have been 50-50 right now. And then nobody would know what's Bitcoin. And then the whole thing could have just... Everything could have just been in disarray, okay? So you can't force people. Let's start there. It wasn't possible. The reason why Bcash right now can do whatever it wants is because they're pretty centralized and everyone is on the same page. And that's not what Bitcoin is. That's not what decentralization is. It's supposed to be hard. The reason why Bitcoin is still running on 2009 tech is more confidence that the most important things in the Bitcoin protocol are not going to change because no
0: one has the power to change them. So it wasn't it was less about the technical merits or negatives of larger blocks and more about the pr- pragmatic concerns around how you would... It was, it was both.
2: There's also a lot of uh, negatives that come with a larger block. Now, these negatives may not be seen in a 2-megabyte block. They may not be seen in an 8-megabyte block. But once you start going through a 32-megabyte block and beyond, you are encouraging minor centralization. If those blocks start getting close to full, that is a lot of data. The moment a miner mines a block, he transmits that data to the world. Now, he knows he found a block. He immediately starts working on the next block. But other miners have to validate that block. uh, They don't have to. They can trust that that guy did the right thing, but they generally validate. That takes time. Might take half a second right now, less than half a second once that block gets to 32 megabytes 100 megabytes it's got to move around the world that's going to take a couple of seconds that means a miner has a couple of seconds uh to find the next block a couple of seconds is huge in bitcoin with the current hash rates okay so the biggest miner has an advantage on mining the next block as blocks get bigger and bigger and bigger this is very known to the core developers And you are encouraging miner centralization to the point where there's only one miner because he has the advantage on every single block.
1: And I I just want to say what Tone's talking about is true, but it's basically like a solved issue. So we've got block compression running on the network for several years now. Blocks are already transmitted at really tiny. They compress down with the compact block protocol. We've got other protocols like graphene. That can compress it down to one tenth of the existing compact blocks, and kind of even looking beyond that we 've got um, we 've got pre consensus algorithms like weak blocks there 's also one called ansible, which is kind of cool that can essentially enable blocks to transmit at just, like, a header. Like, basically, like, 80 bytes. So, we can, like, get to the point, the header plus maybe the diff in transactions. So, like, we can get to the point where, like, a 100 megabyte block transmits faster than blocks did on the Bitcoin network in 2012. Um, So, I mean, what Tone was basically mentioning, again, that's 2009 tech. We've moved beyond that. So I want to stay on for scaling
0: just a little bit longer before we move on to some other topics like the relative hash rate, which I think is a very interesting one to talk about. Um, Chris, it sounds like you're saying we can keep transactions cheap, we can keep them on chain, we can do it simply by increasing the block size. In your view, is there any more to it than that? Are you know? It, it, that's it we can do it that way or is there is there oh, more you, to... g- you gotta
1: optimize the shit out of it right yeah. so it's not just sure i'm
0: not saying it's like okay we, we made it larger we're done i'm not saying that <laughs> yeah. there's not that is not there's not a lot more to to how we do it how we move it around yeah. how we compress it how we distribute it whatever but but there's not okay but i think what what's your I'll, position i'll, I'll right? mention
2: something else like um now there is uh i think it's a conspiracy theory when people say that uh, second layer transactions through Lightning are going to be centralized. I believe that Lightning transactions are going to be more private than on-chain transactions because it's a lot easier to build uh, privacy in that second layer. It's, uh, it, and there's lots of smart people talking about this already. But I will say on the transaction fee, however, look, do we all... Okay, raise your hand if you want to see Bitcoin at over $1 million a coin. Any, big, any Bitcoin, whether you believe in uh, Bcash or Bitcoin, right? Do you want that coin to be over a million dollars a coin? Raise your hand. Who cares? Someone is saying, who cares? You're, you don't care. You don't want to see a Bitcoin million dollars. <sighs> Fine. Do you want, okay, do you want Bitcoin to, do you want one Bitcoin to buy uh one Lambo. Let's forget about U.S. dollars. What? Do you want one Bitcoin to be equivalent what? of a Lambo? What? Okay? So it doesn't matter what you think Bitcoin is. Here, here, here's, why, here's where I'm going. Yeah. Here, here's where I'm going with this, right? Because of the laws of computer science, your transaction, and this is a problem for all blockchains, your transactions are calculated in the currency of the blockchain. So your transactions are calculated as one Satoshi per byte. When the price of Bitcoin went from $1,000 to $20,000, one Satoshi went up 20 times in price by default in dollar terms. So when your transaction is calculated one Satoshi per byte, and you want that transaction to be on the chain, your transaction fee automatically goes up 20x whoa, whoa, whoa. by the way the system runs. No, 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 no. Automatically. Hold
0: on, hold on. I'm going to do an economics check on this one. The price of a uh, transaction is driven by the demand for the block space. It's not driven by the price of the coin. It's, it's driven by the demand for the block space. If, if, if the cost of a transaction goes up by 20x, people may just perform fewer transactions. It, it doesn't necessarily... As vol- Jeremy said, he
1: wouldn't debate. <laughs>
0: well, I... Uh, I I, my wait, wait, I, my wait, wait,
1: goal wait, 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 is, is to You just act. said
2: you just said if the cost of a transaction goes up, people will perform more transactions. People perform- but yet there was a problem with this in December when the cost of a transaction went up and people were mad that they had to do less transactions.
0: Well I gotta be clear, I have a lot of problems with Bitcoin Cash. I just I do have a larger problem with improper economic thinking. So um okay. Let's let's uh I, I I don't think you were not, – I'm not trying to say that, 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 that you were wrong about that. I think simply that, that just saying it goes up, that that's a strict multiple is, is technically incorrect. All right. It um, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's a small point. Okay. Let's talk about – I want to come back to a really central point, okay? We said we care about censorship resistance. Okay. What provides censorship resistance? Proof of work. The amount of energy that's being dedicated to a chain. Not, no, no. Not only that. That's partly –
2: uh, the biggest thing that provides censorship resistance is the competency of the code and making sure no one is sneaking in some kind of a backdoor. No one is sneaking in a bug into the code. The fact that Bitcoin Core has uh, over f- uh, close to 500 developers, 90% of the job is looking at code, making sure it's clean, making sure it has no bugs. That's what's really providing censorship resistance, the quality of the code.
1: I mean... the. I mean, there's not 500 developers. It's, it's like most of these developers who get their name on GitHub are like typo fixers, right? They fix a typo just to get their name in lights, you know, up there as like a contributor. I looked at just a couple of weeks ago, I looked at um, number of contributors over the last six months on the Bitcoin core chain. And I think there was maybe about 12 to 14 with more than two commits, somewhere in that neighborhood, right? So like two commits and up. It was like 12, 14, 16, 18, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I think it was twelve, but you know that's not like. I mean, we have probably close to twelve full-time developers wait, well, in Bitcoin wait, Cash. I feel, so I feel like
0: I'm helping you out here. So, so I'm trying. What I'm trying to say is, right? Bitcoin Bitcoin Core uh, has eight eight times. I don't know what the relative pricing is currently. I probably should look that up real quick. before I came up here. Yeah. It's, it's is it eight X ten X? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so uh, I mean, it's more censorship resistant, isn't it?
1: Uh I don't look my view of the price of these things today is it's like almost all speculation right it's like all of these coins have very little real world usage and I mean what are people speculating about they're speculating about future real world usage um so uh, you know it, it it this is just how it's shaking out due to people speculating I think bitcoin has a very strong incumbency bias I think if it had been the opposite and like there was let's say 32 megabyte blocks which was kind of like the original network protocol limit and you had a group of developers wanted to break off and said, "No, it's got to be one megabyte." Um, I, you know, I'd struggle to see if that coin would even be in the top one hundred on the coin market. Well, well, list. But, but isn't right? Bitcoin?
0: But I mean, just I'm just saying, like strictly factually speaking you can say okay i don't think this is the way it's going to be in the future or, or whatever but like i mean strictly factually speaking isn't bitcoin cash less censorship resistant it would be easier for a state actor or a private individual who want to disrupt the network it'd be easier for them to do that to bitcoin cash than to bitcoin right it,
1: now. it definitely does there, you're right in that it definitely does have uh less accumulated work less share of the mining share of the sha 256 algorithm that's today, right? That might not always be the case in the future. If it is always the case in the future, then Bitcoin Cash probably doesn't have much of a future. But, like, that doesn't have to be the case, you know, forever.
0: So I want to... Um, maybe this is... Yeah, we have time to do this. The, you know, there's an, an, an implication in what you were saying that, okay, the developer team is way stronger, so it's not just about the price. I guess maybe quickly, do you think the price of these coins does accurately? You know, are, are we seeing an efficient market where, where information is properly being priced in and the relative things are being judged properly? Or do you think people are being crazy?
2: Yeah. Okay, uh, that's a good question. Um, so the, the price of Bitcoin uh, versus Bcash tend to reflect like Twitter polls uh, in general, right? Like if you ask people, what is Bitcoin? Uh, It's about 85 to 90% of the people say BTC versus BCH as Bitcoin. So the price happens to reflect the Twitter polls. Um, However, uh, we all know that some very, very prominent people uh, are on the Bcash side. And these people have a large amount of Bitcoin, uh, had a large amount of Bitcoin. I don't know how much they've converted uh, to Bcash. And... um, uh, the Bcash side has the biggest miner on their side. They have Bitcoin.com on their side. They have uh, the largest wallet, uh, Bitcoin.com, uh, sorry, a blockchain.info on their side. So they have the biggest wallet. Uh, they have the, you know, Bitcoin.com, one of the top news websites. Uh, I don't really read it, but they, you know, they rank like that. Uh, the biggest miner. And with all of that, and some very prominent people with a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of Bitcoin money. And with all of that, uh, they, if they haven't taken over by now as Bitcoin, uh, I only see downhill from here. Uh, everything was working in their favor as far as the industry goes, but the people are saying no. I pretty much know where this is going to end. Like I'm finding the debates of Bitcoin versus Bcash uh Similar to debating flat earth versus round earth. It's uh, like, like, I know who won this already. It's just a matter of, you know, informing the rest of the people
0: that are somehow being fooled. Uh, Chris? I can ask more questions if you... Go for yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, you know, Chris, and it relates to something Chris said earlier, you know, he said a lot of the pri- these prices are driven by speculation yeah, that's, that's my impression as well. Um, perhaps naively, uh, my belief is, is ultimately success here will be driven by real-world usage. The coins and the technologies that are able to solve real-world problems, those are the ones that will eventually win out because uh, you know, spe- speculation can be useful if, it ultimately, if that, those funds can be used to generate you know, actual business activity, but like, speculation can't be an end to itself. So do you guys have any, and I don't have data on this, maybe I'm a bad moderator, but do, do you know anything about how much are these being used and not in the speculative sense, not being traded on Coinbase, where are people using these in the real world to solve the problems that these technologies solve? Do you, do you guys have any sense about the relative usage of these or opinions on this? Um, I mean,
2: Bitcoin isn't promising, you know, to solve the world's problems like Ethereum is, Right. Uh, Bitcoin is just here as the censorship-resistant value transfer uh, that is an unconfiscatable store of value as well. And um, the focus of core developers and the focus of most people, uh, I mean, there's no PR. Bitcoin doesn't have PR. Wait,
0: so let, let me, let um, me, wait, sorry, let me maybe make, make the question clear. Presumably... Bitcoin is better than some alternative that existed previously. Like, we desire censorship resistance for some reason. That good is replacing some other good in the marketplace. Previously, whatever people did with their money, you know, however they conducted these transactions that they wanted to be censorship resistant, they did them some other way. Or they didn't make them at all. And now Bitcoin makes them possible, or now they use Bitcoin over the alternative. Do we have any sense of that area of activity? Not, not the people buying on Coinbase to hold it in their wallet. Look, it, that area of activity. What, what I'm saying is, look, people will eventually realize what is the
2: best uh, store of value and medium of exchange for the job of censorship resistance. And core developers, they don't have like, a fund to explain. Like, most of the time I'm debating, like, like core developers spend half of their time on social media shutting down pure lies. Uh, that shouldn't be their job. Their job is to program the best censorship resistant value transfer. That's their job. No, there is no pool of money that explains this stuff. It's just there. All of these other alternatives, the reason why they either collect 20% of the mining reward or they come up with these like master note, proof of stake idea and funnel money into some foundation. Uh, Or like in the case of Bcash, we have very prominent people with a lot of money and it's to their advantage to, you know, promote it in the media, you know, try to get on Bloomberg. They got CNBC covered. Uh, You know, it's uh, their people there. Like they have the money to spend to promote their coin. No one has that kind of stuff in Bitcoin. It's people like me that are walking around to conferences. And uh, I don't think I've ever been paid to speak at a conference. I just volunteer, right? It's, uh, that's it. And uh, Bitcoin... Bitcoin, Bitcoin will be gotta, there, right? Like, like if, people, if you don't want to use it, if you want to use an inferior you know, Chinese ripoff alternative, please go for it. Uh, but my warning is if you use it as a store of value... You will lose it eventually because people will know what is gold and what is tungsten.
1: I mean, I, I agree with Jeremy. At the end of the day, something needs to be used uh, if it's going to have some value. I don't. The, the whole store of value concept seems a little weird to me the way they're using this concept. So I just I give, like to give an example with like let's say the price of barrels of oil. Um, ignoring futures markets, we've got. The demand is going to come from, we've got supply, the stock of of barrels of oil, and we've got demand from people who want to use that barrels of oil to access the utility that it provides. We also get some demand from speculators, people who say, next year we think that barrel of oil is going to be worth more. Uh, due to the supply and demand conditions. So it makes sense for me, if that's if that's your opinion, it would make sense for you to buy some oil and stick it in storage. And then next year it comes out, if, if you're right, and the barrel, price of a barrel of oil is higher, you just take it out of storage and sell it. That's speculation, right? And that's, to me, what essentially is going on with Bitcoin. The vast majority of Bitcoin activity is people speculating on future usage. But at the end of the day, or... or just people speculating on it, but it's speculation on future usage. It can't be speculation that in the future there's going to be more speculators, right? Like that, that, that just doesn't work, right? So it's like, you know, imagine if like the world found uh, a substitute for oil and no one needed to use it anymore. It's not like the price would just continue on forever going up because we just have this perpetual inflow of new speculators, right? So we, you know, you, at the end of the day, Bitcoin... If we want the, the, the current price, the $6,700 price, to be sustained, it's going to need to translate into real-world usage, like people buying and selling with it. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, to answer Jeremy's question, I don't have any good hard metrics on real-world usage, but it doesn't strike me as an awful lot. Just,
0: just to clarify, I would consider store value a real-world usage. Like if people are saying that this is, this, I used to put my money in a bank account and now I'm putting it in Bitcoin and that's sincerely supplant. you know, that, that, that would count. I mean, it's more like, yeah.
1: But not like, you know, what are you speculating on at that point if no one, if you're not speculating that people are going to be accessing, you know, demanding it for the utility in the future?
2: Can I just comment on that real quick? The usage of your Bitcoin, no matter what you think Bitcoin is, is overrated. And I have a real life example. I, um, I, have, um, I have to pay people for certain work uh, uh, for, you know, I'm a content creator, you know. Uh, some graphic design stuff, some of the other stuff, uh, website stuff. I have to pay people. I have to pay, you know, like uh, short term contracts. And a lot of these people, they're Bitcoiners. They're die hard Bitcoin maximalists like myself, but they have real life bills. So all of the money I pay them in Bitcoin immediately gets sold on the open market, converted to fiat for them to pay their bills, dropping the price of Bitcoin, okay? Every time I spend my Bitcoin, I lower the price of Bitcoin. I don't raise it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. But uh, there's also a flip side of that. The person who's taking your Bitcoin is demanding it too. So it's not, you know, you're not you're not per se lowering.
0: it. we're we're, we're almost out of time. I would let what I'd like to do is give uh, each of you two to three minutes to make any any final statements as to uh, why uh, BCH or BTC is is better. Uh if you want to make any comments about the future and the way that things would play out, uh, you're welcome to include those and then we'll do one one final poll and that will be the end of our our wonderful conversation here. Who went first? First time I should do it the opposite way so. Uh who 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 had the Okay. Right. Go for it. it. Seems like no one cares so All right, Chris we can go.
1: All right, I I so, I, I think at the end of the day, like I said, my goal with this is I want to build, you know, a, a system that's like outside of government control. And I, I care about the properties of the system, um, and right now, you know, cryptocurrency, the way they've, they've currently been designed, have pretty darn good properties. They're, they're censorship resistant, um, they're, they're very difficult for governments to get involved with and, and regulate. We're seeing like proposals like Safe Safe Adin, I think his name is his book, like the Bitcoin standard. Maybe that's not a proposal, but like, you know, like that type of system is going to be subject to the same fate as the existing gold standard, right? If you're going to have this, like, we're just going to build banks on top of you know a, a layer one Bitcoin system, and everyone's just going to interact with the banks, you can expect the same type of result. Now, we maybe Lightning might be different than that, right? Like, Lightning has some properties that it can. Um, you know, it, it seems like it could be better than that system. But it also, there's a lot of reason to be skeptical about Lightning. We didn't spend any time talking about this, so maybe I'll just kind of, like, briefly touch upon it. But it kind of goes back to the original idea of, like, this is it has, like, an ICO-type feel to it. We have this very speculative technology. We don't know if it's going to work. Um, there's uh, some reasons I won't, and I've got to, maybe I can get to it in the Q&A, but we've got some reasons to think that, you know, it's probably a little bit of a long shot, so... Um, you know, it's it's like we've got technology that we know works, we know can continue to work for quite a while, and we can be pretty confident in our ability to keep it working. You know, for as long as that we need to.
0: Don't
2: uh, believing in uh, Bcash is the equivalent to believing that Craig Wright is the Satoshi, and you will follow this fake Satoshi right over the cliff.
0: Mic drop. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Hey, hey, hey! I'm respectful to the hey, mic Unlike the people This is a, the this is a voting facility. V-cash. We're trying to encourage impartiality. Uh, so, okay, I, I think we're gonna uh, close it up here. Is are, will you guys have the ability to take questions afterwards? Okay, so we're, no, well, not necessarily here, but we'll walk outside. Uh, if I could, if my helpers are still around and we could do one more uh, poll counting, that'd be appreciated. Uh, so, if you were here at the beginning. I asked people to raise – so please only vote if you were here at the original vote. If you weren't here for the original vote, uh, please do not vote. Uh, But at the conclusion of this debate, please raise your left hand if you uh, uh, are a supporter of Bitcoin Core as the future of – as the better cryptocurrency and Bitcoin Cash right hand. So left hand, Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin Cash right hand. Uh, And – and my uh my my wonderful assistants are are counting now, so thank you, please keep your hands up but blockchain's pretty great, huh? We can at least agree on that right like i mean i i one of the th- I, i'm gonna i'll I'll use this as a brief soapbox like I think you know the animosity here is what bothers me more than anything else, like this is a wonderful idea. No, you know, no, no one's got it perfect, and we're all on the same team here. So, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, okay, you were, you were. Pl-
1: Oh yeah, no
2: problem. You, you do agree that this counting thing is completely insane, right? <laughs> I'm really pissed. I haven't been coming to Pork the last five years. There might not be a debate if I had been here, like speaking about Bitcoin for five years straight. <laughs> I'm not going to live streaming.